Hello and welcome back to another episode of LMS Cast. My name is Chris Badgett, and today we have a special guest, Brian Castle from Audience Ops and many other projects that we're going to uh, get into in this podcast. Um, Brian's also an expert in productized services. He teaches how to do it, and he's done it himself many times and consulted on it. So we're really going to get into that, and we're going to get into two ways that you could really think about combining a productized service with online education, with online courses, and a couple different scenarios to get the, the gears turning about uh, some different options you might be able to put on the table for your business that you might enjoy, might make your life easier, and might make things a lot more scalable and your customers happier. But first, Brian, thanks for coming on the show. Hey, thanks for having me on, Chris. Yeah, good stuff. Excited to talk to you. Awesome. Well, uh, I've seen a lot of your stuff online and a lot of the, the messaging starts with the phrase, when you're done with billable hours, what's next? <laughs> can, can you, uh, I can relate to that. I've done a lot of consulting and projects with uh, marketing and development agency and stuff, but where does, where does the root of that phrase come from? Yeah, that's interesting. I, um, I kind of, I wrote that, I, I came up with that phrase probably about two years ago uh, around probably around the time that I came out with the productized course and, um, and really just started thinking about that whole concept of the productized service. Um, yeah. I mean, when you're done with billable hours, what's next, that's, that was the mindset that I had, you know, in, in a couple of years prior to that, um, I had been making a living as a freelance web designer for a few years and, uh, not, not necessarily billing by the hour, mostly billing by the project, um, but that's essentially the same thing. You know, you can only take on so many projects and, you know, you're essentially selling your time for money. And, and the thought that kept popping into my mind year after year was what's, how far does this go? You know, you can keep raising your rates, which, which I did over time, but then even that rate, you know, hits a ceiling at a certain point. So then, you know, the next, the next step is like, well, what's next? Are, are you going to build an agency? Are you going to hire employees? Or are you going to get transition into products? And all of these different directions seemed really um, confusing, challenging, possible, not possible. So there, it's just that question of like, how, how, much, how far can you go by billing by the hour? And what I kind of learned through trial and error over time and um, is this concept of productized services that seemed to be the easiest path or the easiest bridge to go from being a freelance consultant to owning a, a business and a brand that can actually grow in different directions. Um, and so, I mean, we can get into, you know, more specifics about productized services, but I, but I, I did find that that was the bridge that can take me from, Hey, I'm Brian Castle and I do websites to, I own a business, it's called this, and this business does, does this service or this product, and we have a team, and it's a self-sustaining thing. And then eventually that business, the, the first one was Restaurant Engine, I was able to build that into something that, that I can sell, and I exited from in 2015, you know, didn't require me to run. Um, and then now I'm into the next one, Audience Ops. So That's really cool. <clears throat> well, just to tie into your story of like being done with billable hours, I got there in a sense with building up a web development and design agency. Uh, we got, you know, we're up to about 17 people. 
our our hourly rate was two hundred dollars an hour, and that's what we would you know use if we were doing a fixed price project in our estimations, pretty much. But at the end end of those projects, they're often pretty high stress. There's a lot going on. Um, we did some quite large projects, and we're really at the higher end of the market of um, certain type certain type of web development, specifically focused on membership sites and uh, sites that were doing online education. So I kind of we kind we kept doing that, and then we made the jump to building our product, which is Lifter LMS. And for those of you listening who haven't heard it, if this is your first time. Uh, Lifter LMS is a WordPress plugin that makes it easy to create, sell, and protect online courses. Uh, and then after we got that going, and that's been going for about three years, and eventually we've kind of phased down, took the foot off the gas of the custom client work. Uh, the product was really taking off in its own right. And we also added productized service, which I think is probably when I first came across your material online is, uh, you know, I really wanted to make sure I was thinking through a productized service and how to do it right and what it's all about. I'm a big learner type person myself. So we created a done for you setup service with that. But that your messaging like resonates with people like me who is like, okay, I'm kind of done with billable hours. I appreciate the ride. It was a good journey. But <laughs> some people, I, I'm, I forget who I'm stealing this from, but there's something called the corner office test. And I was looking around, I did not want to be the CEO of a company, uh, you know, an agency that was like 25 deep, 50 deep, 100 deep. I would mm-hmm. rather focus my strategy and innovation more on a scalable product or productized service. That seemed much more appealing, exciting, and the more of the type of team I wanted to build and have fun with. Yeah, so, Absolutely. Nice job on your messaging because it definitely like hooked me. <laughs> hey, I mean, that's, those are things that I dealt with for years myself too. I mean, I, I knew it, you know, it's, it's um, yeah, like how to grow this thing, how to make it more scalable. And then all those frustrations that come with typical consulting. I mean, don't get me wrong. I had some clients who were great. I loved working with them, did some really great big projects over the years, but, um, but overall, you know, whether it's, taking days to write a big proposal that, that doesn't sell or going to these client meetings or getting pushback from clients or doing 20 different projects in a year and all of them are completely different from one another. And there's no, and, and like the idea of hiring people to do the, those projects with you is so hectic because everything is different. You know, that's, that's what makes it really difficult that, you know, that's the difference between what I consider to be a typical agency and a productized service. Um, you know, the agency, because a lot of people get that confused, right? A lot of people think like, well, a productized service is just kind of like a glorified agency, isn't it? Um, and it's semantics, but I, I consider them to be pretty different because agencies, you know, do anything and everything for all these different clients as long as they have the budget to afford the agency and, and you know, then they'll do it. But, but what's required there is you need to hire a lot of different people and a lot of people who can handle like fires, putting out fires and dealing with client requests and custom, you know, giving clients custom attention. And we do that to a certain extent in audience ops today, but, but it's in a very systematic and standardized way. We essentially offer the same package to all clients. We deliver it in 
basically the same way, the same process, the same schedule, the same deliverables, um, the content, like we deliver, we do blog content. So the content of course is unique, hundred percent original for tailored for each audience, but the package of how we deliver that and the process for how we create that content is all the same, you know, and that, and that makes it easier to, um, to hire people, to put people in, in specific roles that fall into our process and to essentially remove myself from the delivery of the service so that I can focus on those systems. I could focus on marketing. I could focus on building out new products, which we're doing this year. And, uh, yeah, that's, that's awesome. So like, like actually just listening to your story though, um, uh, I followed this pretty, pretty similar path. I mean, I was doing freelance stuff and then got into doing restaurant engine and I took probably about two years to, to bootstrap restaurant engine and slowly gradually phase down that, that freelance work, um, as needed. Yeah. Yeah. That's, that's awesome. I like what you're saying. Uh, like a difference between an agency and a productized service. Um, one way I think about it is like the agency, you got to have a bunch of really smart, adaptable people. Right. Whereas the weight and the productized service is more on the packages and the process. Both create value. They're just totally different ways of creating value. And that doesn't mean that uh, if you have an agency, the people are really smart and there's no process and everything's like just the wild west. You still have process. And, uh, you know, if you have a productized service, you're still working with smart people. It's just which is more kind of, which are you leading with? Are you leading with process and packages or are you leading with an all-star, you know, adaptable team? Yeah. So... Well, let's get into a couple scenarios. Some of the people coming to this podcast are teachers or experts in something. And eventually they're, you know, one of the things they're looking for is scale. You know, they're used to doing one-on-one consulting or they're, you know, teaching at live events that or in classrooms that can only get so big and only reach so many people. Um, so, you know, with online courses, that's all about like, well, let's take that experience and put it online, you know, where you have global scale and put a price tag on it. And yeah, it may not be as bespoke and custom as, you know, one-on-one consulting where you're reacting, um, you know, to every nuance of what's going on, but you know, you can educate, you can create an education product, mm-hmm. um, and, and do that at scale. But so how would a, if someone's like, okay, I'm, I'm getting tired of one-on-one consulting I'm going to create a course, but this productized service thing also sounds interesting. Where do they start? Yeah, I think, um, I think that the productized service can be a really good, like I said earlier, like a, a bridge to go from being just a general consultant to having a product that you can sell. Um, and when I say a bridge, I, I mean, you can take whatever consulting that you're doing now and just find ways to really standardize it, make it more focused, um, you know, deliver it in the same way with standardized pricing and packages. And that's, that's a way to, to, um, to basically productize your, your service. But the benefit of, of, of coming out of that and, and the way that you take that bridge over to turning it into some sort of course is you take the methodology that you, that you use in your consulting, whether it's the, um, the same advice that you're giving to clients again and again, um, 
the way that you answer this, you know, common questions and all that data, all that knowledge and all that expertise that you're building up and that you've really refined through your consulting, that's what essentially goes into the course. Um, and when I say like, you know, finding focus and standardizing down your service, it's not only in, in terms of like what you're doing, how long you're doing it, um, but it's also who you're doing it for, right? So a lot of consultants just work with anybody and everybody who comes to their door and they're ready to, to work with you. But, you know, through that process of, of building a package and a, and a price and a price tag and a value proposition, the other really important side of that is who is that for? Who does it resonate with? Um, who resonates with the, pro- with the specific problem that you're solving? And once you can identify that, that's what really leads you down the path to say, oh, okay, now I really know what that specific pain point is. And that's something that I can build a course around or, or a software product or something, you know? Something I've noticed just in having a, you know, a consulting service, a productized service and a product is that sometimes the audiences are a little different for the different, you know, points like, <clears throat> but that's not necessarily a bad thing, but, or sometimes maybe it's, they're just on a different part of the, you know, customer life cycle or buyer's journey or whatever. So what would you have to say to that? Yeah. I mean, that's something that we found with audience ops and that's why this year, you know, we're going almost in our third year of audience ops. Um, and now we're transitioning into, or really just expanding our product line to, for that reason is we found that we, there are different segments. Um, so the done for you service, our, our content service, basically that's how we started. That's how we launched the business. That's what has made it, you know, self fund and grow itself and help us establish ourselves. Um, but now that we have established ourselves, now we can identify, um, now the done for you service becomes the high end and we're going to be coming out with a software product called audience ops calendar and a training product, a course as well, which uh, is also about like training on, on content marketing. Um, and so kind of what, what I found through the done for you service is most of our clients see it as a really good value, right? Like the pricing that we have set up for content falls right in line with what they were probably actually it's, it's cheaper than, than like hiring a full-time writer for your business. It's, it's more efficient, more cost effective than having the founders do all the writing themselves. Um, so they see the value proposition there and they're usually like established businesses have been around a couple of years and they're ready to kind of like invest in, in having the content done for them. But there was also, but we also found that there was a, another set, like a smaller segment of our customer base who maybe they're bootstrapped startups, um, tighter budgets, you know, uh, and, and they're looking for kind of like an entry point to start doing content marketing. That's where this course is going to come in. Um, and then the, the software audience ops calendar could also fit, fit that group, but it's really aimed at people who are doing content marketing or managing a content calendar for your business or for your clients. If, if you're doing, you know, kind of what we're doing with content marketing for clients, um, the audience apps calendar product will be aimed at um, managing a content calendar, streamlining the process with your team, but it also has some analytics built in so you can measure performance of your content and see it all right on the calendar. Um, 
so that's so so essentially in in the next couple of months as we as these new products roll out we'll we'll be able to you know keep having the high end done for you content service and then options for do it yourself stuff like the software or a training pr- product that you can get into that's um, awesome and the other thing is is that we're using the training product as an entry point into the done for you service as well so um the course like you could you could apply that credit towards your first month of the of the content service um clients of the content service we're, we're using our software for them so they get access to the software too so like the three products kind of work hand in hand um we're still a content marketing company we're not like doing all these different things but we're just kind of breaking breaking it up into like different segments of the same audience that's awesome. So one of the big takeaways there, if you're listening and you're a, you know, a highly paid consultant who's like, you know, relying on your smarts and in the moment adapt adaptability is uh, there are more clients out there. There are other segments, there are other adjacent markets that, that, you know, maybe can't afford your high end consulting, but would fit perfectly in your productized service or um, so. You know, that's the, not the the thing I wanna, yeah. yeah. And like the thing I want to kind of stress here is that like, um, it sounds like we're doing a lot and right now we are doing a lot. We're doing, we're soon, we're going to have three products sold through our site. So that's, a, that's doing a, a, a lot. And, and I've team, I've got developers, I've got writers, got managers. There's a lot to manage right now. I would never suggest to do all this stuff right out of the gate. Like, right. w- that would not have been possible. Like two years ago uh, when I was starting up audience ops, like the idea of, I looked at building a SaaS right from the get-go, a software as a service product. Um, and the economics just did not make sense. You know, uh, in, investing all that time and money into hiring developers and it would take almost a year to build the software. We would have no audience of our own. And, um, you know, it, it just didn't make sense. So instead, I only started with the productized service. That was profitable and self-sustaining and, and, and self-funded the growth of the company. And now two years in, now we're able to kind of take these steps to expand. So, you know, that's again, why, that's why I see the productized service as kind of like that bridge. Yeah. Yeah. And it doesn't all have to happen at once. And I mean, if you're consulting right now and thinking about doing a productized service, it starts with just creating a, you know, an offer, put that in writing it, make a sales page or an opt-in page about it. And, and really the act of creating that is going to force you to like really isolate what is it that you provide the most value at and what, what can you, you know, build a process around. And um, it's just a, it's a great exercise to do, even if you don't launch it, just to clarify your, your thinking and what makes your, your offer so good. Yeah. The, the way that I like to think about it is like, how, like so, you know, like how to come up with, with a really valuable offer. So you've been a consultant, you, you've, you've been freelancing and typically what happens is clients come to you and they say, all right, I need a new website or I, you know, whatever, whatever it is they come to you for. Like I, I want this, how much and how, how much, how much time will it take? How, how much does it cost? Um, if, if you flip it on its head, like what if you had an opportunity and, where a client, a potential client came to you and said, you know, I don't really know what we need. <laughs> uh, we've got some money to spend. 
you tell us like, what, what do you think is like your best recommendation for what we need based on where we're at right now? So you can, it's your opportunity to design the best possible solution, the best package of services that you know will, will really drive home results for this client. What would be included? What would you include in, in a service like that? You know, um, how would you deliver it? And it's like the dream for any consultant. It's like, it's like to not be dictated to like what they want, but actually yeah. to use their expertise and, and recommend what they, what they believe the client should have. Like that's what forming a, a value proposition for a productized service is all about. Very well said. And once you start doing this, you'll see all around you, there's packages everywhere. If you go look for a car, there's like three versions of it. If you're going looking at some kind of vacation package, there's different versions of it. Exactly. <laughs> so packages are everywhere. Not every car company like says, okay, well, what kind of steering wheel would you like? Or right. you know, tell, me, tell me all the pieces of the car you would like. Yep. Um, well, speaking of segments, and uh, different types of markets and people. Some of the people listening to this episode uh, own software companies or some kind of product business, and they're not really trying to, they're not consultants. They're not trying to necessarily create courses as another revenue stream, um, but they're rather <clears throat> doing it to educate their customers, both for marketing purposes and also for onboarding purposes to reduce churn. And you can really actually use the same course for that. But one of the things I've noticed is, um, you know, a lot of times like with a particular software product, it's another company that ends up building a productized service around it. But mm. if, if, if I have a software company and I also want to build a productized service, like a setup service, uh, what's your advice to that person? Yeah. I mean, well, first I, I just think it's a good idea and I think not enough so, uh, software businesses are open to that idea of offering a service. You know, a lot of software product businesses are, you know, we got in this thing to, to build software, not to provide services. Right. Um, but I think that there's a big opportunity there and it's, it's a way to really um, add a lot of value and increase loyalty for your product. It, there, there's so many benefits to this. Um, cause if you think about it, if you, if you have a software tool, let's say it's like an analytics tool or something like that. Um, that only solves half the problem, right? So the, the other, the other half of the problem is actually implementing the tool, setting it up, configuring it for your business and actually getting the value out of it, you know? So, um, so there's really two sides to that, to that coin there. Um, there will always be the customers who are do it yourself. They just don't, they don't need the handholding. They just want to set it up themselves. That's, that's great, you know, hands off. Um, but, um, but if you can offer some sort of done for you setup service, consulting service, a, a coaching, a, a, there's customer success out there. That, like, like that's kind of like included customer support, but you can go above and beyond where it's, where it's kind of like, uh, um, you know, concierge onboarding. Um, or even like monthly strategy sessions with with your customers. Um, there are a lot of different ways that you can go with this. But what I found is like the way that I really came across this was with Restaurant Engine a few years back, my my previous company. That that was a, a company that did um, it, it, originally when I when I started it, I thought it would be a website builder for restaurants, and restaurant owners would just come to the site, sign up, create their own website using our system that we give them, and and they would onboard themselves. That was the idea from the outset. Um, 
we built all this software automation to, to set up their sites automatically and, and all these like color, like custom customization options, all this stuff built in. And then during that first year, what I learned was they just need it done for them. And if we offer that as a service, first we offered it for free, like, Hey, we'll set up your website for you. Just get on board with the service. And that was good for a little while. And then we started charging for it, you know, $99 setups and then $200 setups. Um, I don't know what they're charging now, but, um, but the, what I found then was once I started charging for that setup service, oh, and then eventually we made it required. So all customers had to, to pay for the setup service. Um, what, I, what I learned was, yes, it, it definitely decreases the number of new signups, obviously. Like you're asking for an upfront payment, that's always going to decrease your number of signups. But the people who sign up are A, like... 95% more likely to complete the setup and get onboarded into the subscription service and be also way more likely to stay on board for a long period of time and not churn out because they, they invested in, in some sort of initial setup service. They, they invested their time and, and energy and money into it. So, um, so like the likelihood of them switching away is, is much reduced. So I, I think it definitely pays. And, you know, since, since it's a software, um, it's a very standard operation. You know, again, it's not totally custom services different for every client. It's setting up your software that you designed in the best way that you know how. So you can just train your team to do that in a very streamlined, efficient way. So at the end of the day, it doesn't really cost you a whole lot to offer that service. Um, yeah, I just think it, I, that combination of software plus service or courses plus service or coaching. I, I love that combo. What about um, productized services? Like with us, we have a done for you setup service for your learning platform site, but we're not really going after recurring revenue. It's not like it's a productized service that goes on and on and on and just continually adds value. It's more of like this investment that gets you over a hump. Like you're talking about, like these are the people who are going to succeed because they're not going to get bogged down in the technology. It's going to get launched, right? They're going to get, they're going to be ready to roll, but we're not really going after, you know, ongoing stuff. Is it, what are the pros and cons or how do we even think it? Should we, if we do a productized service, think recurring revenue or, or like one time white glove, like, okay, I'll take the TV from Best Buy and I'll set it up in your house for you. And then we're done. (laughs) Like what's, yeah. Um, well, you know, there's no doubt about it that recurring revenue is usually a more attractive business model. It's, yeah. it's recurring, it grows over time. Every month you're not starting from zero again, you're, you're growing. Um, so that's always great. And I, I tended to seek out business models that, that are a recurring model. Um, but I don't think every business has to be in the recurring model and certainly not productized services. Um, I, I've sold and I do sell products that are one time, like my productized course is a one-time sale and it comes with an option for a one-time coaching session. Um, and, you know, that's a very simple product, like one hour productized service that I sell basically. Um, and I've seen other productized services work really well. I saw one a while back that's like a, a landing page in a day. So oh, cool. it's like you, you book your day on the calendar <laughs> You pay a thousand bucks and, and he'll design and write the copy for a landing page on your site. And, and, and he'll spend that one day 
kind of working with you, giving you the revisions and then, and then the day is over and that's it, you know? Um, and so that's a really great way, especially if you're solo and you, and you plan to stay solo and, and you don't really want to grow the team. Um, that's, that's actually a pretty good model to, to standardize your service, you know, eliminate all that stress that comes with putting out the fires of being a freelancer, doing a thousand different things and just kind of doing one thing in a very standard way. You get to focus on your craft that you love doing and you work with one customer segment who you really love to work with and just schedule it out, price it at a, at a point where, you know, you know, makes sense for your lifestyle. And that's a great little business right there. Um, um, yeah, I mean, I, and you know, the other thing that I I've come across a lot with is, as I said, recurring revenue is a really attractive model, but there are a lot of, I think too many people try to fit their business into a recurring model when it just doesn't fit. There has to be recurring value, right? <laughs> there has to be recurring value. Yeah. You know, you have to be solving a problem that's, that repeats itself on a monthly basis. You know, if it's, if it's designing a website, you know, once the, the, once the website is done, and maybe it takes a couple of months, but once that is done and launched, I mean, yeah, there's a little bit of maintenance and that can be an ongoing service, but the cost of designing and building a website is not the same as, um, you know, maintaining it over time. That's awesome. Well, what, one of the things I've noticed sometimes is a, some fear around, uh, <clears throat> if I switch, like, it just seems like it's not possible from high-end consultant. Like the value is like me and I can come into a room and I can do all this stuff and I have these high-end engineers around me and we can figure it out. Like what's your advice for helping someone either personally or with their team to transition, change the mindset? Because it seems like it's a true mindset. There's a lot of inner work that you got to do to do this stuff. Yeah. Well, I guess, first of all, you know, you don't have to change overnight. You can yeah. fake phase one in and phase one out over time, or you can just keep a balance for a long time. That's, that's a lot of people do that too. Um, so, you know, you can kind of experiment with it, with offering a productized offer kind of as like a sidebar or only when it makes sense for a particular type of client, you can kind of offer that. Otherwise you're doing your, your custom consulting. That's totally fine for a while. Um, you know, the other thing that I would, that I encourage people to wrap their heads around is that as talented and as much of an expert as you are, that doesn't mean that other people are not just as smart and talented and experienced as you are. Um, and you can bring that talent into your team and your, your offer and your business does not have to have your name on it. Um, you know, it can be your, your business that they're like, for example, audience ops right now, we hire exceptionally talented writers and we have a very high bar in order to, to be hired as a writer at audience ops. And we go, we, we sift, right now we're hiring a writer and we're sifting through hundreds of applications, you know? Um, and so, you know, we have really talented, um, uh, smart, capable writers and, and, and we've just defined a very specific creative process that, that our writers kind of follow. Um, and so at the end of the day, our clients are, are receiving, and, and frankly, the, our writers are much better writers than I am. Like I'm not, our clients would not receive the same value if I were the one writing their articles than they would our, our writers and our editors and our designers all, all working on it. 
Um, so I think that's the way that you need to start to think about it. If, if you're kind of, you know, um, on that, on that fence, um, for the people out there that are, haven't really seen audience ops yet, what's the quick elevator pitch of what it is? Yeah. So audience ops is a content marketing company. Um, as I said, we've been, we've kind of made, made the name for ourselves with our done for you content service where we write the content for your blog and we also write email newsletters and social posts to, to go with that. And we've designed a whole package around that. Um, but, but as I, now we're also releasing content marketing tools like the, the, uh, calendar software and a content marketing training program as well. That's awesome. So this is, uh, ever since we last talked, I've been thinking about software with a service with education. And um, I think there's a lot of opportunity out there. Even if you're not a software company, let's say you're, you do high-end consulting for setting up Infusionsoft or Active Campaign or Drip, um, you know, marketing funnels. And you go into a business and people like pay you lots of money and you like deconstruct everything and you're, you're doing high-end consulting, and maybe you have a team around you. But even if you don't own <clears throat> Infusionsoft or ActiveCampaign or Drip or whatever, there's an opportunity there for, that, for a consultant to create a productized service around it and, um, and also create education. Take your thinking. Nothing sharpens the saw and makes you even better than trying to teach what you do to somebody else. Yeah, so. that's, that's so true. Um, my, my mother actually t- taught me that. She, she was a long time uh, teacher. Uh, she taught um, uh, college level, like uh, uh, she doesn't do it anymore, but she used to teach like, like computer programs, word processing and, and Microsoft office and that kind of stuff to, to, to college people and, and also professionals. She did like corporate training and it's true. She taught me that um, uh, you don't really learn the thing until you have to form it into a lesson and, and really get it across to somebody else who depends on, on them learning it for their job or for their, to get ahead. Um, you know, the other thing, going back to that last question about like how, if you're the expert, how do you productize that and get, and get other team members on board? I mean, you can use your expertise to design the best system and solution. Like, for example, we do some stuff with like drip automation uh, with the email sequences and stuff that we set up for clients. A lot of that is built out of my experience working with drip. And, and so I, I built this strategy and then I've just formed it into a process. And then I hired people who can, who can use our template and, and implement it. And there are plenty of different ways you can do that in different businesses. So rather than using your personal expertise to be the person in the room talking to the client, you can, you can be the person kind of behind the scenes to design the, the solution and then just hire people to, to put into the roles to execute it. Yeah, that's awesome. I recently, uh, I used to do some of our, our productized um, deliveries and I, I would just carry it around in my head and I sat down with our project manager and I was like, all right, we're going to build a process here. And then um, she's been doing a lot of them and it's going famously and they're going and she's improving the process as it goes, which is another yeah. important thing. Oh, totally. Yeah. Uh, it, with courses and with prioritized services, you got to have a feedback loop. It's important not to automate everything and totally remove like any kind of listening because there's so much room for improvement. And sometimes one little tweak, you might uncover like a lot more value 
So, so true. We're, we're two years into our done for you content service. And this month we're overhauling a lot of our processes and we're always doing that. I, um, Kat is, is a member of our team who um, helps out with, with the processes and, and, um, and we're just going through Like we're changing some of the strategies based on feedback, based on what we see drives better results. And now we're slowly like tweaking the processes and getting each member of the team on board with, all right, here, here's how we used to do it. Here's how we're going to do it going forward. So there's just a constant, you know, um, refinement of, of the processes for sure. So important. And, and, you know, also that as your team starts to grow, like early on, I was the one who created all the initial set of processes, but then as the team starts to grow, I become more and more removed. And so then I actually rely on the team to, to, either tell me what's happening on the ground, you know, uh, where can these things be improved? What are some shortcuts that we can build in? Um, and now it's gotten to the point where a lot of the new processes and, and things like the team is actually writing and I just kind of look at it and, and I'll review and kind of coach them on, on how to do it. That's awesome. Well, I know the listener is thinking, well, how do I actually create processes? And I'll just share my way is I, uh, I usually start loose and more creative with mind maps and just making sure I get the brain dump. And then ultimately I try to end up in uh, you know, like a spreadsheet or a Trello board or something like a sauna where it's like, okay, we got it. <laughs> like, here it is. This is step-by-step, step. but it definitely, I don't start with something like a Trello or a project management software tool. I, I need to make sure I get every opportunity to get all the, ideas out of the right brain or the creative side of the brain or whatever, all that stuff that's like locked in a consultant's head you, some of it goes down to the subconscious and you're just operating on autopilot, but you got to bubble that stuff up before you can build a process around it. But how do you capture processes? Yeah, pretty similar to you. Um, I, almost everything I do, whether it's processes or just planning a new initiative, whatever it is, I try to do a brain dump into my notepad. Um, I do that a lot. And then, and then I kind of process it all and start to build, build it into something. Um, we use Google docs to, to keep track of all of our processes and then one spreadsheet to like catalog them. Um, in terms of like creating a process, um, if you're going from a point where you've been doing a lot of stuff and you have no processes documented, what I would recommend is just start simple, you know, um, start with the low hanging fruit, which are the things that you find yourself doing repeatedly on a weekly basis. You know, because like the thing, the big projects that you do maybe once in a while, totally custom, like it doesn't really make sense to document that because you're probably only doing that once, but the recurring things like, I don't know, sending an invoice to a client or um, doing QA on a, on a website or I, I just come from the, from web design world. So these are the examples that I know, but um editing a, an article or editing something that you've written like that has a process that um, that's repeat, that's repeatable. And so start simple, just jot down some of the, like the high level bullet points, like, all right, step-by-step, how, how am I doing this today? Um, you don't have to get into all the details, just kind of step-by-step. And then um, next week when you're doing it again, go back to that same process and maybe fill in a few more details and then keep keep filling in more and more detail, maybe include screenshots, include whatever you think would be helpful. And the way that I like to do, like my whole goal really in managing my team is how can I make 
their jobs as easy as possible. Like I'm not, you know, I, I want them to feel like, wow, everything is just handed to me on a silver platter. All I need to do is show up and follow the process and kind of do what I, and do what I'm great at. Like, um, that's, it, it's, it's like, that's the feedback that, that I get from the team is like, I just try to make their jobs as easy as possible. So if, if, if you're new to this, think about it. Like if you, if you, ha- if somebody else were to do the thing that you're doing today, what, what would they need in order to execute it in the same way that you're doing it? Like they would, they would need some instructions. So try to see it from their eyes, a, a new person coming in um, and, you know, get it, get to a level of detail that, that can get there. And that ladies and gentlemen is another example of how a productized service is different from an agency. An agency would take that fire and pass it to somebody on their team. Yeah. Like it's a product, <laughs> productized service. Would they like, hold on, let's take a moment and let's, you know, build a process around this. It's still going to involve people, but you're going to put the fire out with process, not people. And that's, that's another great point, you know, um, and this comes up again and again over the last couple of years with audience ops, same thing with back in with, with restaurant engine, as these fires come up, like fires will still come up, you know, a, a client will have some edge case scenario where it's like, all right, well, how do we handle this? They have some special requests. Um, I always stress with my team, like, don't just say yes to the special request right off the bat before. Sometimes we will accommodate it in some way, but first bring it to the team. Let's look at it. Let's see if it's something that we can work into our process for all of our clients, not just for that one special case. And if it is, if, if it, if it would benefit all clients, if it makes sense, then we'll, then we'll tell the client, all right, you know, sounds good. We're going to take a few weeks. We're going to work out a process for this and then we'll, we'll roll it in. Um, you know, and, and, and try to find a way to, to deliver it in a standard way rather than just saying, yes, sure. Yeah. Yeah. Like we'll do that. We'll do this. Um, and then in some cases when it's just something like outside the scope of what we would do and it just doesn't make sense, then, you know, we'll say like, no, it's not something that that's included, but you know, here are some resources that might help you out. Um, yeah. So, yeah, that's awesome. We, we do that at Lyft LMS too. Like now if it goes starting to drift into custom land, we have a, um, uh, basically a referral of trusted agencies that we can refer people to. And it feels good to do that. Um, to, to have gotten to that point. Yeah, totally. Well, Brian, I want to thank you for coming on the show and I'm going to try to list some of your stuff off, but at the end, fill in what I've missed. (laughs) You can find out more about Brian Castle at his personal website, castjam.com. He's also the creator of audience ops, which is a productized service for creating ongoing content for your site, which I encourage you to check out, especially if you're an online course creator or membership site owner, you spend so much time focused on uh, the content that's locked down, you know, inside your online course or in your membership site that it's easy to forget about the blog and, you know, the, where, you know, you, you should be creating some content to start attracting new leads as part of your content marketing or your inbound marketing strategy. So I highly recommend you check out Audience Ops and Uh, Brian's course on productized services is located at castjam.com forward slash productized. Where else can people find you on the web, Brian? Yeah. I mean, you know, you you pretty much nailed it. Um, The other thing is I co-host a podcast called bootstrapped web with, uh, with my buddy, Jordan gal. And uh, we're just coming off a 
little hiatus on that, but we'll be recording tomorrow. Um, where we're just kind of talking week to week updates, you know, behind the scenes, what we're working on in, in our respective businesses. Um, so that's kind of fun. And yeah, like you said, castjam.com, that's my personal site. You'll find stuff about productized services there and audienceops.com. Awesome. Well, thank you for coming on the show. Thanks, Chris.